episode overtake my heart one of 69 the too thick pod your home for all things sports cards levity and literatica i am jeremy your boy meat sticks joined as always by the representative of mediocre canes chicken manny being manny 6.9 good evening young man I'm gonna I'm gonna have to stop you there because you already ruined our sponsorship with Liquid Death. He's calling it an IPA, and you want to go to Hot Topic. You are not ruining my cane sponsorship, um, Mister the Best Chicken in the World. Um, you know, Post Malone hit me up if you want to sponsor. But welcome, guys. It's Tummy Sweats and Meat Sticks. Back on the ones and twos. Have you had Dave, <laughs> Have chicken. you had Dave's hot chicken? I don't want it. Significantly better than nope. Cane's. You can't talk. You're, you don't even like ketchup. Well, yeah, I don't need to douse something in ketchup to make it taste good. If you take plain chicken from Cane's, plain chicken from Dave's, and compare them, nope. 9 out of 10 dentists will agree that Dave's hot chicken is significantly better. We're going to have to have a vote on this because Cane's is better. Is Dave's like a – got to compare like fast food. Is it a fast food shop? Yeah. Okay. It's it's like I, apparently my boy just put me onto it. It's uh, and his reasoning for going is because it's like Drake's chicken spot. I'll oh, see. Post Malone greater than Drake. Uh, like what? Post Malone just kind of like he's the guy kind of like just looks dirty with all the face tattoos, right? But like yeah. sings or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know much about Post Malone. He's gonna be, you know, he's a big spokesman for Canes. He's going to hit me up, and we're going to get a sponsorship. He's a big Magic the Gathering collector, bought the $2 million card. So if I get into the Magic world, maybe I'll meet up with him and ask for a sponsorship. Hey, man, you don't ask. You demand. Demand. Yes, yes, yes. Dude, you're, you're rocking and rolling. Take a step back. Let me see. I was like, damn, Manny usually looks mid. Ooh! See that? Oh, my God. Is that Manny? Is that a cocaine bear? Ooh, that is a handsome young man. Wearing a Chicago hat, too thick, sports card levity, a yep. little anime vibe to it. Damn. Oh, yeah. Damn. Dude, that was a hit at Shipshawana. I was watching, seeing people walk around with the shirts they just bought. Thank you for everyone that bought. I didn't think they were going to go out, go like sell that quick. I didn't even get one for Kaylee. <laughs> Dude, it is wild. It is. It, I thought there would be like a few people. That would buy buy them, like if I'm being 100 honest. Yeah. So didn't print like a ton of them. I'm like, I'd rather print like X and have them sell out as opposed to, uh, you know, have just a bunch of them sitting there. And before the show even started, we were down to like three or four. I was like, damn. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. I, I I appreciate it because like I saw it when I first walked in, Brad's got his like over his shoulder. He's like, Manny, like he was all excited. I was like, yes, that's awesome. He's like. Where do I pay? I was like, don't worry about it, but I need to go get mine. I don't even have mine yet. Yeah, Brad took one. And, you know, he's he's a nice young man. I've never heard him curse. Nope. And he's like, I'm going to tell everybody to listen to the Too Thick Pod. And I was like, ah, yeah. okay, like, eh, probably not everyone. Yeah, yeah. But there, there's a few folks that you can have listen in. But, yeah, they, those, people buying them, and not just buying them, but, like, taking a picture, it was pretty rad. You know what I found really cool, by the way? I'm over at the other side of the, the show and someone has a shirt and I haven't talked to him, met him before. And he's like, he looks at my shirt and he's like, I know you're 
I know you know Jeremy and Courtney, but how are you affiliated with them? And uh, I was like, you see that shirt on your shoulder? He's like, oh, yeah, I did this to support Jeremy. I was like, do you know who that other guy is? He's like, no. I was like, yeah, that's me. He's like, oh, no kidding. I was like, yeah, that's me. I thought that was cool when he. Who was it? Who was supporting me? He had a Barcelona jersey on, Pedri. Um, I follow him. He just followed us on uh, Instagram. I got to shout him out. I forgot his. Uh, that is so awesome. That yeah. is awesome. I thought that was hilarious. I was like, he's asking me and he has the shirt. I was like, yeah, it's that guy right there. That's me. When uh, we walked into trade night, and so we went into the trade night, Courtney, Amelia, and King Steve were all rocking theirs, right? Yeah. And we walked by my guy from Johnny Ford's, and he just started yelling cocaine bear. And trade night was packed. Like, you could, you saw we were in the back corner yeah. 20 minutes into that thing. That was the only table that was available, and he started yelling cocaine because he saw yeah. the shirts, and he knew what it was right away. Well, Brad, Brad's putting you in the, the corner. That's where you guys belong is in the corner. You guys are too riled up behind that table of yours not a chance in hell we might take eight tables we might be the first four when you walk in and first then the last four in the corner because courtney absolutely crushed the children's scavenger hunt and i think we have entrenched ourselves as a staple of the ship shawana card fest you know that is crazy because this was the first year i think that you guys sold out like within three hours of the show still like going yes it was crazy. It, dude, we had somebody the morning of donate another 10 Zion cases. So the gifts that were, be give, were given away were like CGC grading, SGC grading, BGS grading, Zion mm -hmm. cases. And this is without any corporate sponsorship. This is all like the vendors coming out of pocket to make the event awesome. You know, us coming out of pocket, everybody pitching in. It was pretty damn awesome. I do have to give a good shout out to JNN. Uh, our guy, JNN, he came over with some Nomars, and he gave me some Nomars. You know how, like, special it is when someone gives you some cards that you're, like, PCing, and they think of you when you they see, like, see Nomar. Now they're like, I got to get this to Manny. So I want to give him a shout-out. And he was rocking Michigan State with the Honolulu green and white shorts. He was killing it on sun Saturday or Sunday. Wasn't there a guy who hooked you up with a Noma? Noma. And a Frederico Chiesa card? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, I, let me think. Who was that? Was it Courtney? No. No. Steven? No. Better looking. Smarter. Amelia? Mm, no. <laughs> Lala. You, you're, you're getting closer. You're at the Vagina Boys. Lala. No. She was not around. Okay. It was, it was, it was Jeremy. I know. I was pumped when you got that. That auto you got was nasty. When I posted it. Everyone like was like, that's a sick card. Jeremy has some good good uh, taste. Hey, I'm just trying to put a smile on your face and make the hobby a more enjoyable experience for all that are in, in participating, I'll say. Yeah, yeah, you kill it. Thank you again, though. Because, like, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to collect. There's so many Nomars, and I just want to collect, even if it's, like, a set card or, like, one of ones. I want them all. I mean, well, I mean, you, you talked all that shit to Yanks Chick. And you said that you were going to beat her. I think she said she had 9,000 unique Derek Jeter cards. And you said you were going to have 10,000 unique yeah. no my, no my cards by, you know, by the end of the year. So you got to keep pumping them. Gotta I know I need to. I need to get like a three row of just no Mars. Was that Yingling? It was. You like it? 
Yes, I had it for the first time like a week ago. And shout out another shout out, Evan. Um, Indie Collective got me a case, and uh, I got him stuff from Michigan, and we swapped. What, what did you get him from Michigan? I got him uh, Oktoberfest bells from Bells, bells Oberon. Okay. Yep, and then I got her got him uh, this Odd Brothers. What I like to drink, uh, Sark Cider. It's a brewery right by me, and they don't really distribute anywhere. So he got those two, and I got the case of Yingling. Right on. I'm rocking a, another local brewery, Shorts. There you go. I like Shorts. Way. I wish that they could uh, – I sent this to Cousins Collectible, and I said, wow, you guys actually did something right. <laughs> and they, they found that one funny because it's brewed out in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. It was like every time we went to Pittsburgh or we went – like you got close into Cleveland, you'd be able to find it. Very good, underrated beer that a lot of people haven't had. Mm-mm. No, they just started distributing, I think, a recent couple of years ago out of state. So I know we're, we've got the live tomorrow night where we're going to talk about, like, the scavenger hunt and all this stuff, um, you know, that Courtney's doing with uh, bees. But let's talk about your experience at Shipshawana because it was a very big card show type of weekend. If you were in the Midwest, you were at the show that we were at. And if you were out west, you're at the West Coast National Burbank. Yep. Different show for us, and I'm gonna I'm gonna lay the, the foundation, and I'm interested for your thought, your perspective, and for you to add some additional color. This was the least amount of slabbed inventory that I've ever had going into a show. You know, the last couple of weeks leading up, we sold so much on Discord, traded stuff on Veriswap, utilized X. Instagram, whatever. We moved a lot of inventory, which was sweet. The goal was to be out of football by, excuse me, this upcoming weekend. And I think as of right now, I've got three slabs left. So did a really good job of that. Was a little concerned because I have a lot of orders that are right there that could pop any minute. And I was hopeful that they were going to pop. Got the, <laughs> got the ding. was tagged in the order that popped. I was excited. And it ended up just being one SGC card. It was King Steve's, Chris Tapp's, Porzingis, Noir, which 10-10, you know, patch auto, numbered out of 20, sweet-looking card. He was pumped. Yeah, he really was. So I was a little bit, like, in the past, I would have gone and spent a couple thousand dollars just to have inventory to turn around and sell it to break even, just to, like, go through that. And I was like, you know what? I have so much inventory from $2 to $20 that I've got a showcase full of slabs. I'll have a showcase full of, you know, like some raw stuff and we'll just go from there. And it ended up being the best show ever was able to move a good amount of high end and a ton of that low stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, with that being said, didn't need a lot of help at the booth. Courtney and Amelia were there because sometimes we bring the kids. Sometimes we don't, we had all the kids. So no assistance needed from the expert. It was you, which allowed you on trade night to be freed up to mm-hmm. go walk the show. And then the day of the show to really walk it and experience the show from through a different lens. So I'm curious, how was trade night and how was the show for you? And what was it a little bit different being at that show where you've always been behind the table to actually just be able to walk it and walk it with Evan as well? Yeah. I was walking with someone that knows how to buy. He works at a card shop, Evan, and he knows how to like, he deals with negotiations on a daily basis. So 
I want to say thank you because he helped me out a lot. But going into this, I had a game plan, which I never really have a game plan. Um, so that was one. That was one big takeaway. <laughs> My game plan was get – there's certain players for basketball. Um, football season starting, everyone there was buying football and selling football, I noticed. So I'm going outside the trend. I'm getting basketball because basketball is right around the corner. And uh, so going into trade night, I was like, let me find some good basketball. You know what's funny? There's no basketball. And you know what kind of made me feel good? If no one has basketball out, that means you're buying at the right time because everyone's trying to hold their basketball cards. Um, it's kind of what I was looking at, right? Um, you had basketball, but when you walk around, there's probably like four or five people that had like a case of basketball. Um, some people did, but it was like five, like, you know, LeBron rookies here, which you could sell whenever type deal. But I'm looking for like, the players that dipped because of injury. You dip? Dip. Um, so I I went there, couldn't find anything at trade night, to be honest with you. But I was looking and I had my game plan. And like you told me before, sometimes the best buy is not to buy, right? The best thing decisions not to buy. So I didn't find what I want. And it might have been because card collector was there too. And he was, like I said, he's always ahead of me buying up everything it seems like i think he went to your table um bought some of your cards as well um so i decided saturday i'm gonna do the same thing i'm not gonna switch away from my path people were asking me coming up to me because they know that me and you like soccer and i was like here's some soccer cards i was like i'm not looking to soccer today i'm sorry um they'll come up to me about baseball any red Sox. i'm like nope my focus is basketball so found some cards right away and I'm let me show you them. I know yeah. I po I posted them, but so I I went to one table and he had two basketball cards. Well, he had a couple, and he said he had stored a bunch of them. And when I found the two, he was like, "Yeah, I didn't think they were gonna last this long because it was like early in the morning." So let me let me stop you there. You one thing that I think is very unique for you is when somebody comes up with like a Red Sox card or a soccer card. I think in the past you might have been like, well, I feel bad or they're yep. making a good effort. Let me justify or come up with a way to do something to like buy a card. Yep. Kudos to you for having a game plan and sticking to it because it's like the old Tyson thing. Everybody has a game plan until they get punched in the face. Yep. And sometimes like you're at a show, you don't understand like how overwhelming it can become when there's so much activity and so many cool cards in front of you. What – what were you looking for from a basketball perspective? Were there certain brands? Were there certain players? Were you flexible in that? Like, what was yeah. the mindset? So the players I was looking for were Chet, injury last year. He's actually potentially going to – I think he might win the Rookie of the Year. There's been debates because um, he could. He still can win it. He didn't right. play at all. Um, so technically a rookie. Um, Cade Cunningham, because he was the number one pick, was hurt for the whole year. As well, and where are we at? We're in Michigan. Everyone loves Cade. And his market is down right now. So I did a little bit of research on what's down, and Cade is down um, a lot. A lot of people, his market went, like, because he hasn't played in forever. Um, his I billboards are everywhere. His what? His billboards. His billboards are everywhere, and guess what else is coming back? All his redemption cards. So a lot of redemption autos were coming back. So I wanted to get that. I wanted to get some numbered stuff, and I wanted to get, like, brands that people like. 
I'm not going to buy hoops autos that are numbered. I'm not buying like what else? Phoenix. Um, these other types I'm buying, I was trying to buy contenders, Panini one prism, like stuff like that. Um, so, so I had Cade Chet. I was looking for Jalen Smith or, you know, (laughs) Jalen Smith. Um, and just so you know, I think Phoenix is a football only brand. I don't think they make Phoenix basketball cards. So oh, do they? Okay. I'd be remiss if I didn't bust your balls a little bit. Yeah. Okay. So you know what I mean. I'm I'm trying to buy like markets that are easy to flip, and this is with me being in the hobby a while, seeing what um, people like Optic, Prism, Select, those type of brands, National Treasures. So I was buying that kind of stuff. So I walk in first chat. I see in the first Kate, I see one. They're both here's here's this one. Panini contenders blue. So team color match, right? Beautiful. That's awesome. And it's got the Panini sticker. So yeah, I when I see raw cards, I get a little like weary, but when I see this Panini sticker, I know that hey, it could be gradable. And I think this came with the redemption or encased, right? So that's where this came from. So can I tell you something? I on like for instance, Veriswap, or if I'm on um, SCI or Ryan's Discord, for certain raw cards, I'm not interested unless it's still sealed from Tops or Panini. Yep. Because at least I know it hasn't been like you know molested or fingered too much. Like sure, the edges or corners could be um, yeah. potentially damaged, but you can you try to do the best you can to see those through the picture. So I like the thought process thus far. I like the idea of sticking with coveted brands. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a smart play. And I mean, contenders, people like contender yeah. autos, right? So um, got that. The same deal. I got this. So this is one where I kind of didn't like the brand so much, but I like the card. So Chet, RPA, right? RPA. Yeah. Um, auto, some, and it's out of 25. And the reason why I really liked it, if you could see, it's one out of 25. It's the, eBay one of one. So I got a di- like a deal with these two that was less than what they were going for on eBay. And he was like, Oh, you could, you could potentially get a premium just because it's the one of 25, which I was like, oh, I don't care about that. Um, so I got that card that I like these two cards, two color patch um, with the auto. So lastly, I didn't, I was looking around, couldn't find anything at the end of the show. When I'm about to leave, I found one card. And here's another one. Panini one, blue back, Cade, out of 99, five out of 99, rookie. And this is another one that I think was a um, redemption. Actually, I think I, I'm pretty sure it was a redemption. So I got that one at a good deal as well. The guy did, couldn't sell it. And I was like, I'm from Michigan. He's like, all right, let's work something out. So those are the three big cards I picked up. I picked up some smaller national treasure lions cards from evan um we kind of made that deal before the show um and that's where we kind of want to discuss like making relationships evan gave me a steal on that because he bought into it low and he just made some quick money and he was like here you could sell this easily up in michigan and i bought it because you could sell it so um i I met a lot of people dealers i don't really get to meet the dealers as much because i'm back behind you yep and uh, being on the other side of the table is fun when you actually have someone there that knows how to negotiate and knows like how to talk. My biggest thing that I learned about myself 
was don't be scared to offer a price. You're not going to hurt their feelings because that's how I always felt. I always felt like I don't want to be rude to the dealer by offering a price. So that's what I learned. I've got some good deals. I think I'm going to be able to make some money. I actually like the Cades a lot. So I think, the, and I like chat. I'm a big chat guy, believer. I believe strongly that you will make money on those cards. I have a, I don't want to say a soft spot, but one of the first, like, as we got into Patrick Williams, I remember scooping up the Cornerstones rookie patch autograph cards. Yep. Because I was like, oh man, this is like, this is sweet. Four different patches, an autograph. Um, and so like, I think that's cool. And obviously there's a huge buzz around chat. There's a lot of people who are thinking the same as you, that he's, you know, potentially going to be rookie of the year on that loaded thunder squad. Um, kind of interesting to see, because I believe the bulls open with the thunder and it sounds as if one Patrick Williams might be covering one Chet Holmgren. Oh, so uh, I thought about that today and I was like, man, you know, Manny has these such aspirations and what if Patrick can just break them night one of the season, you know, just drag a sack across his face and Mortal Kombat finish it. Chet spot. I'm telling you, Chet is the real deal. People forget like, cause I watched college basketball. The guy coming out of high school was the number one player overall. Sure. No, he, he balled out. Yeah. He balled out he, at Gonzaga. Yep. Gonzaga. Um, there's also another player that I'm looking at too, that um, if you guys kind of a, trick to look at Imani Bates was the number one and then Chet took over Monty's in his head um like kind of like Ja and, um we'll say that but he has raw talent and can you could probably get his cards really cheap so couple couple follow-ups mm-hmm. piggybacking off the relationship thing that is perfect it gives Evan in this instance an opportunity to get rid of cards that he doesn't want and or and or probably difficult or more challenging to sell based on where he lives, where you take them, you throw them in, even if you put them at $10 a piece, some of those cards are $20, $30 in Michigan all day. So yep. you picked them up, I think, for like, I think when I did the math, it was like 4 or $5 a card. Yeah, he said one of them's 40 alone. And there you go. And, I mean, when he tells me that, it's kind of like you telling me, I'm going to believe him. Um, I mean, it's no different than when you did this Chicago to Michigan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just a nice, easy arbitrage opportunity. Secondly, I'm curious. You said you learned a lot. What was something unique that you saw the way Evan negotiated or some pointers that he gave to you that helped you in your purchases? So that was like, because when the first one, it, the first deal, he knew the dealer, right? Um, So he's like, Manny. Because he gave me a pricing, and I was like, that's actually a good deal. He's like, offer this much. Like, he's like, I was like, you sure? I feel like that's a little low, right? I mean, he's like, no. He said, I'm telling you right now what's going to happen if you offer something around, don't be scared to offer something at 75%, right? To start. Because the worst thing they're going to say no, and guess what? They're going to go 85 to 80%. And that's where, you could take it or you leave it. And I did that. And he's like, the dealer was like, you're close. I appreciate you being like close. Cause there's been people that are trying to lowball me. Um, but how about this? And I was like, I even pulled a move. Uh, I don't know if you've seen, I've seen uh, videos of people pulling this move. 
I grabbed two of the two cards. I said, yeah, I'll do it, but throw in this card. And there he was like, yeah, you got me. I was like, I was like, sweet. So I got a free card on top of the one card that the two cards I bought. So it was just me practicing and talking and getting comfortable talking to people. It's weird because you know me. I'm not I'm not scared to talk to anybody. It's when you deal with money. I get a little weird because I don't want to hurt anybody or I mean, we have a brand of too thick. I don't want people thinking, hey, too thick's over here lowballing everyone. Yeah. The, the fear of rejection and or feeling like you're insulting somebody is very difficult and challenging and it's tough to overcome. And, you know, the funny thing is, is when you're on the other side of the table, you deal with it all the time and it really doesn't bother you. Like once in a while, you might become annoyed if somebody lowballs you and you're just like, come on, man. Or, well, that's like 50 to 60% of what you yeah. comp that. Yeah, that's where. I also think, I didn't realize, I thought, like I know I'm, I'm, an, I'm a strange bird. But I never realized there's a lot of people that are very similar to me in the sense that if you come up and you talk to somebody, you will soften them where maybe if it's a $100 card, their absolute bottom is yep. 80. And if you open with like, hey, you don't you don't shake their hand, you're rude to them or you're not warm and yep. you offer 70, 75 and they're like, nah. But you and I come up or like somebody with the same attitude. Hey, man, how are you? Has it been a good show? That's a, That's such a dope card. Yeah, blah, 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 blah. Next thing you know, you walk away with that card and another one for $70. Yeah. Because you build that rapport. They felt comfortable. And oftentimes, on certain cards, depending on who the dealer is, they're not going to let a deal be blown up over a couple bucks. No, not at all. Well, another thing I realized, too, is a lot of these dealers, kind of like we're on the other side, people are buying around that 80 to 85%, right? That's kind of where the happy medium is. So the dealers know this going in, right? And they don't put out their cards, and we don't, when when you're close to comps. Or if they do, they're like, I'm kind of firm on this card. I'm kind of firm on this card. But if you talk to them and just ask them, hey, you got wiggle room on this? Are you firm on this? That's what This is one thing I learned. Also, uh, you would appreciate this that I learned from Evan. He's like, when you're at the table or buying or selling, don't get on your phone. He's like, talk to people. And then walk away, ask for a picture of the card, take a picture of the card, walk away, comp it away from their table. And if it's close um, to comps, then you make a deal. We had a couple cards that I really wanted, but we looked and they're a hundred off of the comps. So he's like, and then you take another 75% that you're going to offer. Then that might be like, you're going to be like, no, I don't like, what are you thinking? to the dealer. Right. And it, you could ruin a de- The dealer could be ruined deals by pricing too high as well, because we were only targeting cards that were close to comps. Cause there was yep. one I sent you is the Devin Booker signature auto PSA nine rookie. Um, it was like around 500 bucks. We comped it and it was comped around 400. So he's like realistic. You're going to want it around 320 you know, 350 for your first like offer. Right. Um, and he's like, I feel like he won't even like come like when he has it priced at 500, he, that's when you're, you're not even, he's like, just forget about that card. I was like, okay. Like uh, that's where uh, I learned that by the way, there dealers yeah, price, I- price it near your, the comps you make, you'd probably make more deals. Well, that's why it's important to talk with somebody because then it makes it that much easier. Like, hey, boss, 
Is that comp real or what do you think about that? And they might go, I haven't comped my cards in a few weeks or yeah, I'm, I'm super upside down on that one. I'm just going to hold or, or whatever yeah. the case, or it might just be like, there was a couple where, and this is, this happens. It's like, I mispriced it. Or um, this, this time around, I had Steven help me with a lot of cards. And so mm-hmm. like, it's really easy to be like, well, let me just double check. And sometimes because people are using so many different apps, you're able yep. to be like, hey, I had like an Amon Ra out of 10, an Obsidian Rookie. And every comp I was right on. I'm like, I'm like, you know, at first I was like, well, maybe the kid priced it wrong. And we were spot on. But this guy, if he searched with the term yellow, it pulled up one comp that was significantly lower. Because there was hmm. a yellow and red parallel that were both out of 10. Yeah. And so, like, by including the word yellow, if you got rid of the word yellow, it didn't show up. But if you included the word yellow, it showed up. It was really, like, really goofy. Like, I was like, excuse me, I feel like I'm dumb. Can you please help me how you found it? Because I was convinced, like, okay, we made a mistake. I checked eBay. I checked 130 point. I checked card ladder. Couldn't find it. And it was that one damn word. Beautiful thing is, and this, this lot in particular... Like my break even point on each card was like $42. Yeah. So even though I had it priced at like two, three hundred dollars, whatever the recent comps were, I was motivated to sell football. This guy wanted the card. I was able to get closer to his number. Boom. And that all happened because he felt comfortable enough to ask me about the card. Yep. Yep. He wasn't he wasn't rude. He was very, very warm. He's just like, hey, just out of curiosity, how did you get to this number? So sometimes yeah. that's a way I navigate that as well. Yeah. Did you, uh, another thing that you've kind of talked about, but I've experienced it now. Basketball is off season. Um, with Cade for his market being so low. Um, I actually learned this from, I was talking to Jojo and, you know, Jojo is really good at buying and selling. And he was like, you know, with the Cade market right now, I'm willing to go 90% of comps if I see it. It, no one wants to sell it, and you know that it's going to go up in our area because basketball season is going to be on the horizon. People are going to be excited for the Pistons, blah, blah, blah. So he was like, I'm buying at 90% if if they don't want to go any farther down. And I was like, you know what? When you buy an offseason, and you've brought this up, you could buy closer to comps because you know you're going to get a little bit more. It's, it's less risky at buying at comps. I've, I, I've screamed this from the rooftops and, it, and it, I will say like the first time you do it, it's a little bit like everybody loves the deal where the minute money and cards exchange hand, you've already won the deal. Yeah. That's easy. That's peace of mind. Like, okay, no matter what, I've already won this deal, but quite frankly, those deals aren't always out there. And sometimes you have to lean on some of the things you learned. And so when, in March, when we were at the, was it the Chicago spectacular? Mm-hmm. We wanted to buy Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. Yep. I felt strongly there was going to be a buzz for these quarterbacks. Yep. Knock on wood. Thank goodness there was. And I, I know in hindsight right now it seems so obvious, but at the time nobody was talking about football. And, you know, there's always the chance that you could be wrong. And we went and it was like we had one day. And if you go and listen to any podcast or anything, Courtney and I talked about it, it was like, if it was the right brand yep. of those two players, if it was within a few points of comps, 
or I felt strongly about the card, I was over, I was ready to overpay. And at that point, we didn't even have to do anything. We just sat and we held and the, the, the market just absolutely exploded. So that's why I was asking you specifically about the brands, because if you get the brands that are always coveted each and every year and you pick a player like somebody like Cade, who I feel confident I'm holding absolutely zero Cade as of, as of the time we record this, I think just naturally without even grading it, without doing anything, a $200 card could become a $300 to 400 or, you know, God only knows. Can I show you something? Please do. Because I know you like data. I love data. Look at this. This is Cade's market in the last six months. Look at how it dipped. You dip. And now it's starting to rise again. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm buying right now. This is what I looked at before I went to the show. 9-2, look. Look at that. I saw this and I saw it go down. And when you see it, I mean, if you know like data, it's going to peak a little bit more. Can you look and, at Patrick Williams? Yeah. And here's sales data last six months. Look at, I don't know what happened. This is this weekend. Look. And then the sales went back down. But um, yeah, I could look at Patrick Williams. Um. I was, I was watching a couple cards just out of curiosity. You know, I've become very snobby with the cards I'm buying for Patrick Williams. And one of them, I was actually really surprised to see. Do you want six months? So how many? Oh, there's only, there's only three cards total in there. Yeah. So I did six months because, you know, off you could see the off season, right? It's yep. around, what, July? Well, for... Patrick Mahomes yeah. or Patrick well, Wilson around May, June, July, August. Yeah, look at this. If you got in July, this is the national. I know it's only a couple, like yeah. you know, but everyone was going quarterback heavy. If yep. you're at the national buying Patrick Williams, here's sales volume if you wanted that. But look at this. I know it's not a ton. Yeah, it's just that's that, and just so people know, if they're looking at this data, this these are just the cards that are currently located yep. or loaded into their database. So for Patrick Williams, it's three cards. Yes. So, but so. yeah, I mean, I mean, it, look, okay, here's an example why I wasn't going football. Let's go, Patrick. Let's go. Let's go. Your Justin Fields, actually. This is why I'm. In your case, you're selling, but look at the growth rate in the last six months. You see it peak, and now it's peaking again because of the start of the season. You got your sales volume going down. Go back up. Go back up. Like, so that first week of March, we were that way down. Yeah, I mean, we were lower than that. And then, look, like, if you were to just draw a line. It was steady without doing anything, without grading, without doing anything. Yep. That's good. I'm I'm happy for you. And you know what? It's a lot easier and less stressful to manage a handful of cards as opposed to hundreds of cards, right? Yep. Yeah. I think you're, I like that a little bit better. I want to try to sell all my cards, put them on Com C, and then start fresh with like, you know, handful of cards here and there. I can't. I think I got overwhelmed and bought a crap ton at once. <laughs> so I've got two things based on what you just said. 
uh, or what we were just discussing when you're talking about the Cade redemptions, mm-hmm. I had a random, I was on the phone with Ludex today talking about something and I got a weird email popped up and it's like, your redemption has been fulfilled. And I was like, well, what the hell is my redemption has been fulfilled. And like, I didn't think I had anything from Panini. I bought a bunch of Panini redemptions that I didn't fulfill to try and get white or black box one of ones at the national, but then I didn't go to the national. You know what I mean? And so I was like, what the hell is this? I'm like, it, I was it's thrown for such a loss that I was like, hold on one second, put him on hold to take an email, which is incredibly rude. But I was like, you know, I've got ADHD. Ooh, shiny thing like redemption. What is this? <laughs> this thing must be a year, year, year and a half ago old. Your redemption has been updated to shift Jason Dominguez autograph for a leaf. Her leaf. It was like (laughs) that thing I submitted. Like I swear, it must have been like two years ago. I I had a couple of them. I submitted one and I got it like right away, and it was like like numbered out of three, and I sold it for like fifty bucks. Was that when you were ripping Onyx like a ton? I remember you were in a stage where you were ripping Onyx like crazy. Well, I got, I got like when we were buying alle- like yeah. you know dudes allocation to help out or whatever. It was like a fun cheap rip, but um, I don't remember what. Then I had the other one, and it never came. And I was just like, I went on the Leaf website for like two minutes. I'm like, yeah, I'm not doing this. I guess I just lost the card. No big deal. Never thought about it ever again. Completely yeah. out of mind. Now he gets called up. It's a couple of bombs, and now they're fulfilling my redemption. So that's good though, right? Perfect. Yeah, that's a dub. Yeah, but. That's like- that's new like a ten dollar bill coming in the mail. New CEO came in and put people's asses to shape and said, "Yeah, yeah he said, hey, hey, you know what? Brian Gray wasn't take care of the boys over a too thick. We yeah. gotta square things away. You know what I mean? And to, and to get in the good graces of the the thickalos, you go right to the young buck. You know, Jeremy. Yeah. Well, no, that what happened was you were you were threatening that I was going to become the new CEO, and they heard it, and they're like, "No, we better get these redemption out. This guy Manny might be coming, might try to buy us out." I'm curious, like, and I'm going to have to ask Court if, like, women of the hobby are going to be able to survive without Brian Gray's participation. I know. I mean, he was a staple. You know, I'm, I'm going to ask. I'll shout I'll, I'll give my girl Christina a call and be like, hey, if you don't have Brian Gray telling you how to be a lady in the hobby. Yeah. Are you going to survive? Exactly. I don't, know how, I don't know how a lot of people are going to survive either because, you know, Mr. Juanito's not in trouble deleting everything hold on don't you segue my shit i had two i gave you one on the redemption oh, sorry I was number excited. two you you mentioned com c to my left you can't see it but quietly working trying to earn his bones and make his way in this crazy world is the young man known as king steve feverishly stacking cards and preparing an order that will be going to com c tomorrow 220 more cards going to Com C. Can I get an amen? Amen. Yeah. So we continue to to rock with Com C. It's doing great by us. You know, we did a little video. Steve filled in for Court Court, who's feeling a little under the weather. Mm -hmm. You know, we talked about, we showed off some of the cards. You know, nothing crazy, but a bunch of $1 bills, $3 bills, $5 bills. And just going to continue to build that bankroll on cards that are just, quite frankly, sitting in the closet collecting yep. dust. Yeah, I mean, people don't realize why Steven's not on camera. Jeremy does, like, you know, the uh, Pablo Escobar. He's in his whitey tighties right now. 
Because Jer- Jeremy doesn't want him taking any of his cars. Completely naked. I don't need him stuffing, you know, 1990s score Deion Sanders cards in his butt cheeks trying to sneak out of here. <laughs> what are you doing? What are you doing, boy? Spread them. That is not where you put Mr. Michael Jordan. Hands on the table. Hands on the table. Dude, he's got some like design. Courtney got him some designer ass frames. They look really good. Like, yeah, I bust, I bust his balls all the time. I was like, the one day I was like, damn, dude, those are some nice. Those are some nice glasses. But you should see his face. He's so embarrassed because he's allegedly putting cards in his butt cheeks that the red frames match his red skin of the embarrassment. <laughs> you know, Stephen, the millions. And millions are going to be listening to this and know that you stuff cards in your butt cheeks. I just want to let you know. He's speechless. Steve, do you want to respond to these allegations that you have cards in your butt cheeks? I mean, don't check. <laughs> don't check. Ooh. Ooh. Oh. So yeah, I was just I wanted to continue. Like uh we're we're gonna drop a quick video just to show off the cards. Yeah. There's nothing, there's some cool looking cards, and I will say it was watching Steven scan the cards and go through some of the older cards and like look at the cards the way we used to, where you'd like read the stats on the back, you'd yep. understand which stats were bold or italicized because it meant something, or man, can you believe he had like a hundred walks, a hundred strikeouts, and you know, a hundred RBIs? Like that's kind of cool. Plus, like, you know, like, just, like, simple things. Like, today we were talking about Randy Johnson's nickname. What is it? The big Wait, unit. Steven, what is No. He knows it now. Oh, he knows it. He knows it. <laughs> I also learned that he was six foot ten. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know he killed a bird? Yes. While he was pitching? Literally the one thing I knew about him. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're, we're preparing. Like, and so he's getting to see cool cards, but it's also like teaching that, you know, these cards have just been sitting here doing yeah. absolute nothing. And with a little bit of work in a couple months, they'll turn into a $50 bill, a hundred dollar bill, a $75 bill, you know, for sure. Additional buckets to buy cards. That's funny that you were doing that. Cause I was doing the same thing yesterday. I was getting these, these boxes around to send. Yes. So we've got it. We've got, uh, I think it's how many? 220 cards? 220 cards. All yeah. these, I got like four or five of these that I want to You know sell. penny sleeve yours? You're, these ones, not, not these ones. These ones weren't going. I have, that was just an example. These are my uh, one piece case that I ripped. I think I'm going to donate them to, there's a card store here that does like one piece tournaments. And I want to give them to like, I want to make sure they get them to kids that can't buy like, you know, the packs so they can play. That's cool. I wonder, like, I've never tried this. We should try it one time is just pull together like a hundred cards that we're not going to send, send it to like probes team and just see what happens. <laughs> I like that. You know, what would be cool for Christmas. What we do for too thick. What? We should, uh, I always wanted to do this. I wanted to go to like a kid's hospital and just give out card packs to kids. You know how cool that'd be? Not even like, I want to be like that weirdo that does it with for content. I just want to go do it for smiles. Let's do it. I'm done. All right, so let's 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 become 
hobby participants. Oh yeah. Let's let's do what everybody else is doing and let's talk talk about cod pod. And uh, before we get started, the going? amount of people that are like, I hate card porn, and then they love card porn or would defend card porn and now are shitting all over them. Yeah. It's Come weird. On. It is just so damn lame. I was waiting for the post about Courtney's nails. I was waiting for her to, you know, do like a reaction video about this is why you don't talk about my fingernails. Um, because you'll end up deleting your your accounts. And I'm I'm just interested to see all these like because they the new thing with Darren Ravel came out today, and I don't know if you read it. Where they oh, were like like you know, him being on the plane with Ken Gold, now Ken Golden's like, oh, I didn't like him and he didn't like me. Like, come on, man. Is anybody actually? Well, I mean, we're in the hobby, so yeah, people believe it. But Ken Ken made a whole exclusive auction that was named Card Porn Auction. You don't do that, yeah. If you don't like somebody, yeah. They ripped packs with Drake together. I, I and then people have gotten awfully quiet about this dude. I know. It's crazy. Awfully all of a sudden like man. You know man, this oh man. We wouldn't that's why I love being like where we're at cuz we're like we could just enjoy it. Enjoy the fall the the latest fall. It's so stupid, man. I know. Just people just like they like oh oh shit, we're everybody shitting on card porn. That's the cool thing to do. Cool. I'm part of it. I'm all like right. fucking bring card porn back. I'm going the opposite way. Bring Juan back. More Juan. <laughs> yeah. He, I mean. To be clear, I'm kind of saying that tongue in cheek, but it's just like so the way people flip flop and don't stand for anything and just. he Well, he technically did the same thing because I was on, you know, my old podcast and I would see that he'd be buddy buddy with everyone in DMs, but then talk about him as a post. So. That was kind of messed up. And then he stopped talking about certain people at a certain time. No, I just love everybody's like, now every post is like outrage because he used the word porn and women and children. And like, where where was this energy before all this stuff happened? Yeah. You better stop using that P word around Steven. <laughs> porn? Yeah, he's he's butt naked over there, so he better calm down. No, well, I mean, in fairness, Steve told us not to look. He said, "Do not look at the dud." Don't look at my little knob. No, it, it's definitely fair. Don't, don't look at the dink and don't look at the. Don't look at the rosebud. Rosebud. Yeah. He's getting dingleberries on the cards. Oh, I hope not. That would be. Oh, I would be so pissed off. I would be so pissed off. <laughs> I would be on like one of those like one I don't know like uh, like like a reality TV show where it's just like angry fathers. I'm just like beating the shit out of them because he got dingleberries in the car. Like, what is your problem? You're 15 years old. You <laughs> end up on Jerry Springer. What happened? He put dingleberries. <laughs> So can I can I tell I don't think I've ever told this story publicly, but Jerry Springer for a while was recorded in Chicago. Yeah, you're Steve. 
Okay, so the so we went to I, you disappeared. That must be cool to laugh at your own jokes that hard. We went to the Steve Wilkos show. Do you remember Steve Wilkos? Yes, he was the like the bodyguard or whatever, and they did a spinoff where he had his own show. Yeah. So we take the train down, and dude, I'm like, we're like 19, 20, 21, and it is like nine o'clock in the morning. So the metro, which runs from like like the northwest suburbs into Chicago, is filled with people like on their cell phones, their computers, yep. like business professionals, and there is like four or six of us with a case of beer without a cooler sitting on the top of the train, drinking beer, getting absolutely loaded at like 9.30 in the morning. We get there like 11. We stop at a restaurant, have a couple more drinks. We get to the, like, I think it was NBC Studios. I would say, you know, like here is like a good buzz. Here is like, you're pretty rocked. Here is like, you can't control yourself. We're like right here. Mm-hmm. So they go through and they coach us. They, 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 we have our, take our seats and they're like, you know, your reactions are over the top. So when it's something negative, we want you like, no. <laughs> when it's something positive, we want standing ovations, hoots and hollers, 10, 15 minutes of this. And so they bring out this woman, the show starts and they bring out this woman. And when I say like fat redneck trash, Whatever you picture in your brain is what it is. And so then he's like, you know, Steve's like, so what's going on? Trying to be serious. And like, we're fucking just, just shot. Just absolutely shot. Remember, out of controls, like right here, we're like right there. Like, yeah, we were pretty good. So everybody gets serious. And you see the people around you. You see like the people on the side, like, you know, coaching us how to react. So now we're just like over the top with it all. Like like when there's stuff going on, because we don't know, like there's cameras everywhere. So you don't know when you're going to be on TV. <laughs> Did you want to Like she would say something we're like this. So anyway, they're like, so what is the issue? And this woman goes, I caught my boyfriend sucking my son's penis and we <laughs> Everybody, everybody is... Everybody, I'm telling you, everybody is, oh, and I am dying. I am, like, burying my face like this. I am, like, my whole body is just bouncing up and down because I am cracking up. And, you know, you always have that one friend who just, like, their laugh makes you laugh. Like, there was no controlling this. Like, it was that awkward, the attention's on you. Super super messed up i am biting my tongue like i can taste blood because i just want to stop laughing they call the guy out we're boo my friend's still dying dying. (laughs) anyway he goes to sit down and steve like walks up and kicks the chair and he's like you don't sit on my show yeah as if like you know because these alleged yeah sucking crimes of these white trash people who took it to Steve Wilkos to improve life. So anyway, I don't know how we started or where we started to end up where we're at right now, but that is my um, Jerry Springer, Steve Wilkos story. You didn't ask a question? I don't I was, I was smart enough to understand me talking was not, not the answer, but I did laugh 
a lot. So I do apologize because this isn't you, you know, but it is our boy sports car therapist. <laughs> hey, man. Wolf pack and whip your ass. It's got a little E. I am telling you, I got. I should find it and see if we can clip it. I, like it's gonna, it's gonna be labor intensive because you're gonna have to oh. watch hundreds of episodes of the Steve Wilco show, which I don't no. necessarily want. And maybe I do. Steven, no. Steven, homework for Steven. Steve's gonna be the new intern of the Too Thick Pod. All right, Steve. Hey, buddy. I need you to not tell Corp, but you're gonna go ahead and skip school, and then you just start knocking out these episodes of Steve Wilco's. How did we get there? I don't know. I think uh what I don't know. What were you talking about? How did we get there? Steven? You guys were talking about the wolf pack. No, no, no. Go to school, Steve. Something about dingleberries. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, no, that was um that was a thing. <laughs> well, that was a good <laughs> Well, I think we were talking about card porn, weren't we? <laughs> Somehow, some way. Yeah. You, so, I, don't yeah know. So, I love though that like everybody's clipping things that everybody's saying out of context and then like aha gotcha stuff. Oh yeah. There's people taking victory laps, like you know, like as if their their child just graduated valedictorian. And the crazy thing is, like, you know, I think we've been pretty consistent in a couple weeks, something else will happen and there'll be fake outrage about something else. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we don't even discuss it on the show because it's we're sports car and levy. We're not. We're not breaking news. You know, we. I'm not about that life. But if there is stuff we want to talk about, like him leaving because he's a scammer, um, I, I did listen to the P. Ryan Darren Ravel interview the other day. I was driving and I was just curious, so I put it yeah. on, and I thought it was like it. It made me laugh. And again, this is not a knock on anybody, but apparently. Zablo from Bleaker asked a question or said something in the chat that like pissed P. Ryan off like in the middle. He, he stopped what he's like doing. He's like, I don't appreciate blah, 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 blah. I was like, what the hell, man? It's an Instagram live. What do you expect? Yeah, I know. Like, isn't that like kind of like you go live on Instagram, you're somebody's going to be an idiot in there. Yeah, usually it's me. Yeah, it's, that's what I was going to say. So I don't know, man. Like the guy did some scandalous stuff. Like he was doing scandalous stuff from the very jump. Like when he would call out like a grading company for doing something, but wouldn't talk about the other grading companies. He'd like say something about most people with a sound mind caught onto that stuff pretty early. And so at that point it was just kind of like, whatever. He came after me at a comment once. I deleted the comment so quick. I didn't think he knew who I was. Um, It was back at, he was attacking the old podcast that I have. I don't know if you remember when he used to do that all the time. Yeah. I said something because it was about DMs. He was showing someone's DMs. I was like, that's not very nice of you to show people personal DMs. And he said, oh, you're protecting your boys now? I was like, how does he know? <laughs> I was, I was like, we were, the, the, the only time we interacted with him is like, he would heart some stuff. But it was like the, the HGA video where he took it and clipped yeah. it and didn't provide any context. And all that resulted in his like, the HGA, HGA fanboys attacking me <laughs> and, and everybody else attacking Courtney's thumbs. 
with like a sprinkling of people saying like they're hysterical. They could like understand like what was truly happening in that video. Oh, I can't. My heart hurts. This episode is just making me laugh the whole time. Man, oh man. Oh, it's gonna get worse, boys and girls, about laughter because Jeremy, Jeremy, do you want to do what you uh, planned on doing? Do you want me to? I, do, I do. Screen? All right, I hold, do. On. hold on. Hold on. All right. All right. On this week's episode of Too Thick, we will begin with chapter one of Overtake My Heart, thickest of the week. Makes a great gift for mom and the Thickalos. All right. So this absolute cum-filled, <laughs> literatica novel is only 41 pages long. And so over the next several episodes, I will read you small chunks. Took me eight reads to get through it, if you know what I mean. <laughs> All right. Now, the, the, the back... Do you want to help, help the dog out? Jesus, you see the dog is like acting like an idiot. Worst intern ever. So the, my first thing is I've got some issues with Anita Driver. About the author in this one, <clears throat> remember last week she fell in love with cars because she got hit by one. Anita Driver is a Formula One enthusiast who attended every Monaco Grand Prix since 1972. She first learned to love cars when her father abandoned her at a gas station at the tender age of 11. <laughs> she once shared a cab with the Dalai Lama. Like, what, what are we doing here? So, <clears throat> what Courtney, in an effort to get out in front of this, read the entire book in one sitting. And basically... Chalk this up as neck porn. Somebody with a neck fetish. And basically, and not basically, she's like, who's Nikita Mezpin? Because whoever that is, this author hates. <laughs> so in addition to Daniel Ricardo's incredible neck, she went after this other driver. So we are going to read one page. If I have to go into page two to complete the paragraph, we'll do that. But over the next several weeks, we're just going to read one page. And then if, if, if we determine that this is like, hey, these are hits, I might just record a solo episode of me reading the book, the entire book. And that way for all the thicklows out there, you can, you can touch your meat, you can do whatever and have a good time. So... That noise, that noise before you uh, started this whole conversation was Stephen getting excited. He had to run out the door. Yeah, he likes Daniel Ricardo's thick neck. Thick, thick, thick. <clears throat> All right, I'll be. I'll be All right, page one, and then we'll get back in the cards. Chapter one, the starting line. Emily Jensen was no ordinary woman in a world consumed by fashion, celebrity gossip. Too Thick Pod, and Reality TV, she found herself drawn to the roar of engines, 
the smell of burning rubber, and the thrill of high-speed chases on asphalt circuits. She was an ardent Formula One enthusiast, a passion she embraced wholeheartedly despite the surprise reactions she often received. Her friends joked that she should have been born a race with wearing a racing helmet on her head and a checkered flag in her hand. Emily simply laughed along, her hazel eyes shining with an undying love of the sport. Her apartment, a cheek modern space in the heart of the city, bore a testament to her obsession, adorned with posters of legendary races, scale models of famous cars, and a collection of biographies of her favorite drivers. All there was one driver who had won not just races, but Emily's heart as well. Daniel Ricardo, an Australian racing driver known for, known for his skill behind the wheel and his charismatic personality. She had been smitten with him since the early days in the sport drawn by his talent, his infectious smile, and his easygoing attitude. Emily knew his stats by heart and had watched every race he'd ever driven and even had an entire wall in her home dedicated to him, but not in a weird stalker kind of way. Last paragraph. Emily's desire for Daniel Ricardo was more than just a fangirl's infatuation. Whenever she saw a photo of Daniel, she couldn't help but marvel at his sharp features, the strong jawline, the warm brown eyes, the stubble that added a rugged charm to his face. But what caught her attention the most was his neck, a thick, with two C's, thick, muscular testament to the physical demands of being a Formula One driver. Each tendon and muscle stood out, giving him an air of raw strength and endurance that was captivating. Emily found herself drawn to the sight, her heart beating faster as she imagined what it would feel like to touch that thick, powerful neck. No other neck could compare. They were, say, a man 75% water, but not Daniel. He was 75% thick neck. Whoo! Whoo! Oh, Lordy, Lordy, to leave off right there. So what we're going to do is we're going to do the poor man's bookmark. Yep. And we will get back to this next week. And collectively as a team, the Thickalo community, we will knock out book number one of 69 of Overtake My Heart. Rick races for love. What what a good what a good story, you know. You were right about the thick, you know. Every tendon, two C's. Yeah, you're seventy five percent water, not Danny thick Rick. He's seventy five percent thick neck. I love it. I love, I it. love it. Her parents abandoned her at 10. <laughs> I love her name, Anita Driver. That's so awesome. Oh, man. Hit by a car, left at gas stations, but somehow still affords to attend every single Monaco Grand Prix. Yep. Hey, what a trooper. I'm not going to let facts in real life get in the way of a good story. Yeah. <laughs> so let's, let's end on a, a more somber note. Okay. You had an order pop, and the folks over at PSA said, you know what? Manny's doing too good at life. He's crushing it. He's buying good cards. He's making money. 
let's bring him back to reality. What happened with your, your peeps over at PSA? So I got, I think, six, five or six PSA submissions come through. And uh, these were, they were already submitted through BGS. They got nine, nine fives. And, uh, but they were good enough to probably potentially get PSA tens. So I wanted to maximize my value. So I sent them to PSA. I got five out of six PSA tens. So I was pumped. I look, you know, when you get your little screenshot from TNT, you could go and look. They labeled the, they labeled my cards wrong. Two of them. They put pre-release. And they were world championship cards. So that's huge. So now I have to send them back and get them re-slabbed. I hope they do priority when they re-slab them because I don't want to wait another five months to get my cards back. Jesus, man. Jesus. I know. Hey, you know what? We're we're talking about grading, and I, I just thought of this. Did you watch the video from SGC today? I didn't watch it, but I saw the outcome of everyone talking about $15 $15 or $11, something like that. I'll tell you what, I would take an SGC sponsorship. Like Peter, we should we should actually have him on. Peter is a good speaker, man. Yeah, better than me. Oh, he's not better than you. You probably wouldn't enjoy thick neck rick. No, no, no. He's a good speaker, man. Like $9 TCG, yep. $40 for like two-day turnaround. They're introducing the app. And like he said, I mean, he just says and does all the right things. And even though, like, I mean, I do grade with SGC when I'm it's like lower to mid-tier and I'm trying to, you know, speed is of the utmost importance. But man, I just I couldn't be any more impressed with the way somebody conducts themselves and their professionalism. And I, you know, just think it's cool. It's good for the hobby. He said it before that TC he knows that TCG is like his weakness. So putting it at nine dollars to slab would make, you know, it's going to make people want to go to SGC over PSA and BGS. In my mind, if I see some SGC tens TCGs that I want, I might get them and maybe crack them. So I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely, I, I, I value your opinion. I reached out to Bronamath earlier and I'm like, Hey, I've got a lot of cards coming in on ones that I don't want to pay $40 for the quick turnaround from BGS. Do you think maybe at $9 a card SGC is a play. Like I, I assume the answer is no, but like my curiosity is like, man, I'm, I'm into these cards for so little $9. If they tend, yeah. even if they're like $30 cards, it's like, so I'm curious, like, or is, do you go CGC as opposed to SGC? What's CGC price? I think it's probably pretty close to that, like nine, $10 a card. People are so like the Pokemon collectors. They're up, they love CGC. So okay. that's that would be tough. You would have to get the market of like the Dragon Ball, like market, the anime. You know the yeah. The- I mean, I just I have a big lot of One Piece, and Brandon's got his cards back from One Piece. Did you? See, um, yeah, he ripped it last from BGS, and I don't even have my cards from him yet. Yeah, that's what is going on with him. <laughs> They'll be here Thursday. But uh, tomorrow, I believe. We should mess with him. How does how does BGS ship faster than him? I have no idea. Either way, but I was thinking on the cards that I don't want to, that there's no guarantee they're going to be a high dollar thing. Maybe I try. Maybe I'm going to I'm, I'm going to fuck with CGC and see what they do. 
How are you going to figure out which ones? Because you don't even know how to type them in on eBay. I don't. Like, I think I, I, I think I'm confident enough to pull out like the rares and like the foils. But you know, I probably, I probably mess the whole damn thing up. Just cards, cards that look cool and have cool texture or shiny. I'm like, oh yeah, that's the banger. Yeah, it turned out to be just the normal. Hundred percent. Oh, you send the short print, the the case hit to, to SGC on accident. Man, oh man. So yeah. That was a, that was a hell of an episode. I liked it. It was it was very good. Levity. We really keyed in on the levity. Yeah, we did. Well, no, we learned a lot for my what I, for Ship Shawana. Yeah. I know. I I definitely learned quite a bit. You know, what I learned it's like it's okay to pace yourself. You don't have to drink nineteen beers on a ninety minute train ride. Yeah, because then you get caught laughing at you know. Mountain Dew drinkers, and that's that's not the way to be. It's not the way to be, man. Mountain Dew drinkers. <laughs> Come on, I, the, the, the way I described that scenario, do you think that woman has consumed Mountain Dew? Yes. There, there you go. That's, I told you, whatever it is you picture in your brain, you know, that's what it is. You know when I when I uh, maybe we'll let me know in the comments. You know what I was thinking about doing. We could do like a influencer spotlight for one of our segments where we just talk about an influencer, and I'm down for that. Like I'm in. Like we did with just Rob just a minute ago. We'll just have like a profile. You, you did, and that's why the, the Wolfpack hates you. That's and... right. That's why we're. That's why we'll never get invited to the Wolfpack. Ah, it's okay. That is okay. Yeah, we're we're the eye sees all. Exactly. We created the whole thing. <laughs> that was our gimmick, and then they ran with it. But hey, yeah, shout out to all of them. You know, you can't trust Puerto Ricans. Is all I'm saying. All I know is my guy Iowa Dave released the thing. We listened to 100 episodes of podcasts. Yeah, on there, and we're always quick to thank him and tag him. And he did not listen to the Too Thick Pod. So wait, he did it. He did not. Why? I don't. I, I don't know. He wrote. He wrote an article. It was. It was a well written article. But I was like, "Come on, man." Oh, so I mean, I'm okay with it. He didn't listen to us. Maybe. Maybe it was the week that you we went on hiatus. Mm-mm. Mm-mm, mm-mm. No. Here, here's the thing. There's a, a saying that's you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. You have the absolute most fresh podcast you know, delivered to you. Exactly. <laughs> Jeremy, what do you want the people to do, Jeremy? I want them to smash that motherfucking subscribe button. And tickle that thumbs up button. So. And tickle the thumbs up button. So, you know, the funny thing is, is Manny just texted me and wanted to know if we could record 44 episodes tonight because he wants to get through 44 pages of overtake my I need a driver i can't wait till like episode two and three of this series because i think we're gonna get into the hot stuff where you're gonna see, hot you're gonna see the introduction of tummy sweats and kleenex manny Ooh. Ooh. that's okay Oops. <laughs> with that i hope you guys enjoyed your sports card and extra levity on this episode we will be back soon and 
I'm glad you're listening. Thanks to everyone for listening. Peace. Excellent, Jim Duggan. Ho! Oh! <laughs>